Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Look, it's not your team. It's you. Welcome in, everybody, to It's Not Your Team, It's You, here on the Believe Podcast Network, where each and every single one of you, fan or not, has a home in this show. I'm your host, Tyler Coe, joined by the lovely... Haley Graves, and I'm so excited to be doing this show with my newfound friend, Tyler. Um, Just a little about me, you guys. I am an Aggie, which really puts a lot of conflict with my co-host being a Longhorn. (laughs) I know most people think this rivalry is dead, or at least I do, but it still comes up. We both grew up in the rivalry, so we got to kind of keep it alive a little bit here. Um, Yeah, guys, I'm super excited to be doing this. Um, I have loved college football quite literally my entire life, but enough about me. Going to let Tyler talk about himself for a little bit, and then I can talk more about myself. That's just how this is going to go. Oh, we're gonna we'll get plenty of that Longhorn Aggie conversation going on this show, uh, and definitely get our thoughts on them this year. But before we get going, want to give you guys the show program uh, for the show. Give you the rundown, all the info you guys need to be a part of this. And this show is basically available everywhere. So we are on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also follow us at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com, and go to Believe or uh, at Believe Podcast on Instagram to follow us there. And we would like five stars. I mean, that would be pretty chill, not going to lie. Um, not that that's super important or anything, you know, but just a little bit of love will be appreciated by anyone out there listening. Yes, please. We are a five-star show. We're blue chippers. That's what yeah. we aim to be, okay? Highly recruited. You really, you really nailed that. I don't think I could have <laughs> rattled off all of those uh, places. I would have just been like, hey, we are on Apple, Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. That's, that's where the extent would have gone. So I like your uh, thoroughness there, Tyler. Well, Haley, guess what? There's more. If oh, there ever, is more. <laughs> if you've ever been a part of one of my shows, you know that I'm getting you guys on, and we want to do the same. We want you guys to be a part of this show. So please send us your questions and emails to nytpod at gmail.com. And yes, we want those voicemails, and we want those texts. So everybody get out your phone, plug in these digits, 404-919-2137. And I know we just threw a bunch of information at them, Haley, but don't worry. All of that information will be included in all of our show descriptions. So you guys don't get lost. It's all going to be there. Don't worry. We got you covered. So Haley, uh, we're going to dive in on this first episode um, just a few days before college football. Disclaimer, we're recording this on a Wednesday. So if anything major happens the next two days, you know, we'll cover that in next week's episode, but we are almost to the start, Haley, of we college football. Almost there. Almost there. But before we get to it, to the national picture, you know, uh, our predictions, the juicy stuff that people like, you know, who's going to take home the hardware, uh, I think we should tell people a little bit more about us and how the right. show came to be, and more importantly, why you and I decided to do this show. So for those of you that are familiar with me, uh, hello, my Rooster Teeth brothers and sisters. For those of you that are not, I'm Tyler. Uh, and as Haley mentioned, probably the most important thing you need to know about me on this show is that I'm a Longhorn. Uh, I know. Thank you. Thank you. And, and I'm going <laughs> to try not be the biggest homer in the world. Uh, but I've had stints at ESPN Radio, uh, worked for Rooster Teeth Productions, did a few sports shows there, uh, got into esports hosting uh, with the NFL Network and Madden Football, and was lucky enough to do some stuff with uh, Major League Baseball. But as Haley kind of mentioned, the thing that combined us was our love of college football. It's my first, first and only really true love. And so that's me in a nutshell. 
Yeah, mine's a little more uh, homery in a sense. I graduated from Texas A&M, class of 2016, a whoop. Um, you know how to throw that out there. Got my Aggie ring on, loud and proud every single day. I even work out in this bad boy. But besides that, I have always loved college football. It started really young for me. I started going to fight and text Aggie football games when I was six <laughs> months old. Um, but, you know, I'm talking a lot about A&M, but I will tell you guys, I have had the struggles of being an Aggie fan. And with that, I have rounded myself out to being much more passionate about the SEC. I am all in. Tyler disagrees with me. We actually had a little banter about this because he doesn't believe I'm a true SEC-er, but I say I am because when I was starting in college, that was A&M's first year in the SEC. Therefore, I can root for the SEC with the best of them. So you'll get a lot of SEC bias for me. I am not sorry about it. I think the SEC is the best goddamn conference in the country. And this year, it's only going to further prove that. So with that, um, my background, worked for the Texas A&M football program for three years, the 2014 through 2017 season. Yes, the two years right after Johnny Manziel era. I worked under Kevin Sumlin, had an absolute ball, best three years of my life. Couldn't have picked college to go any better for me. After that, I moved out to Los Angeles where I currently reside. And I have just made a lot of jumps from Fox Sports to just recently worked for the XFL. And then now I am taking my talents to the soccer world. But here we are getting to talk about college football because that is what I love to do most. First of all, put a dollar in the swear jar for swearing. Come no. on, Haley, fucking pick it up. It's okay, we can cuss <laughs> on the show, fine. But kind of talking about how this show came to be, uh, Believe is a great network. Uh, give a lot of people opportunities to make uh, 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 their content and, and build their brand. A lot of former athletes, professionals like you and I that have always been intertwined in the sports world. And I was approached by Believe late last year to do a sports show for 2020. And like I mentioned, and I mean, all you guys already know, uh, COVID hits. And all of our, our plans that we had for this year, you know, a lot of that got put on the shelf along with this show. And when the summer hits, there was rumblings of a potential college football season. And we started to pick the show back up again. Could this, you know, be a thing? Yes. But I needed a co-host to do it. And that's when I met Haley. And we hit it off right awesome. away. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the thing I, you know, Haley, that I think really jumped out from our conversation is that you know, we didn't really shut up for about two hours. You know, we had somebody connect us through a phone call and we just kind of talked. And we have about our love of football. We that's the thing is that we have uh, an unbelievably deep passion for college football and what it means. But more importantly, Haley, I think what really sold you and I doing this show together and why we decided to move forward with it was the admiration for what happened this summer with the players yes. and coaches. Right. You saw a shift in college football this summer that has never been seen before. And whether you think it was for the better or for the worse, that's your own opinion. Send us an email. We'll definitely read it. Probably not take it into consideration, but we will read the damn thing because the thing about it is college football players finally have found their voice. They are standing up for issues that are important to them, and they are realizing the influence that they have not only on their campuses, not only in their states and their towns that these college campuses are in, but their impact is far and wide bigger than I think they could have ever imagined. You know, and it's, it's good that this is finally happening. Moving into the 21-22 season, which will be next year, players will finally be allowed to get paid for their name and likeness. And I think that we're just starting to 
see the beginning of a complete and total shift of what it means to be a college athlete and specifically a college football player. And I think right there, that's what you touched on, uh, is that that optimism that you can see it on the horizon with college football, having an opportunity to become a product that we all want it to be, something that is right, something that is just. And yep. it was unbelievable to watch these players do what they did this summer and continue on uh, yep. following Trevor Lawrence and everything that he's released this past week of here's what we want to see happen on, on not just our campus, but the yep. nation over. And there's going to be a lot of people, Haley, as you know, that are, are against kids getting paid for uh, uh, their contributions on the field yep. uh, that are upset about some of their traditions and some of their heritage. But guys, listen, on this show, we champion these players, the movement and where they're going. And Haley, that was kind of the deciding factor in us doing this show because we thought if they're going to play, if they're going to make a change to really take it away from the amateur sport, because all of us realizing this gigantic world that revolves and sits on the shoulders of amateurs, livelihoods, salaries, whether you get benefits, your medical care <laughs> relies on some 19 to 20 year old kids playing football. They're going forward, so we are. And, and guys, you know, listening, watching the show, we are fully aware that at any time this show can be canceled, that it can be delayed, that it can be postponed. As college football Lots goes, we will go. Lots of disclaimers coming, people. <laughs> Lots of um, disclaimers. But we want to do the show because of what happened. But not only that, guys, I, I don't know if you've noticed, Haley, but this year's been heavy. It's been a yeah. hard year <laughs> yeah. for all of us. And we want to bring some levity to this. We have college football, maybe but for a moment, but we're going to enjoy the heck out of it. And we want you guys to enjoy it with us as well and be a part of it for as long as we have it. It could just be a few weeks. It could be one week. We literally have no hey, we've idea. we've made it through one week, technically. <laughs> we so have. that's, I mean, that's something to be excited about. And, and I'm so excited about this football season because, you know, COVID has brought on a time of unknown. And there's a lot of reason to fear the unknown. But when it comes to college football, that unknown is just exciting because this is a season unlike any other. Take it for what you wish. Throw out, oh, this season isn't going to count because the Big Ten isn't playing. It's going like, to happen. It's I hear happen. you. I hear you and I do. But I don't care because this season <laughs> is happening against a lot of odds. There is still some goddamn good football happening and going to happen fingers crossed. And that's something to be excited about. This year has brought so much negativity that why bring it into college football too? They've already overcome so many obstacles just to be even tolerating the idea that a season can happen. So let's just celebrate that. Like, you know, leave out the negativity. I mean, if it's about, if it's about the game, if it's about what you're seeing on the field, I'll take it. Exactly. But if it's about anything else, just leave it in your minds because there's way too much negativity happening in the world right now for us to bring that into college football because college football is a great sanctuary that we should be praising. We should be, kind of, because as we kind of, <laughs> again, disclaimer on top of disclaimer for the show, I don't think I could have said it any better. Uh, you, I mean, we need to celebrate what this is, and it's mainly because these players and coaches have asked us to be a part of that and support them and what they're going to be doing. But we, I think we should kind of set up the picture for those that are not really familiar on how we got to this point in college football. Ooh, how the hell been, did we get here? Well, it is a <laughs> tale as old as time. Um, it's this, been interesting. All I got to say is the 30 for 30 on the 2020 football season is going to be one for the books. Ooh. I hope that they've been 
like capturing all of the moments because this one is going to go down in history for sure. It is. And, and there's going to be a lot of revisionist history when we look back on this, when we have that right. 2020 vision, you know, it's hindsight. Uh, because as of right now, Haley, um, some of our viewers might be surprised with uh, what I'm about to say. But in my opinion, I kind of stand with old Lee Corso, old coach on college game day. I would prefer there be no football. I, I wish there was not football this year, not from a standpoint that I, I wish it was canceled or whatever. I just want these kids to be safe. Um, I want people to be safe, just like you do. And if we're going to do this, then we're going to move forward together hand in hand. How this is going to pan out afterwards, there are no villains in this. There's no heroes right now because we just don't know which one is which. There might not I mean, be I any. I don't know. Trevor Lawrence is a pretty big hero right now. Trevor is a hero. I, I guess I'm talking more about from the national sense of like us actually playing because right. you can be in the camp of it's right that they're uh, that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are not playing or it's wrong. It's hard to tell right now because we're in it. What is right. going to be what was the right course of action going forward? Was it to play? Was it not to play? Right. So a lot of that remains to be seen. And we really can't make judgments on that right way. Uh, right now. However, we can make judgments on how we got to this point. So for those of you not really familiar, it kind of breaks down like this. Conferences were beginning to try and figure out exactly how to navigate this thing. And then the Big Ten came up with a great idea. We are going to do a conference only schedule. I'm saying great idea for the time being. Uh-huh. <laughs> Big 12 or Big Ten came out with, uh, we're going to play conference only. The other conferences were like, okay, seems like a good idea in theory, even though it's it's really not when you think that Iowa and Iowa State are less than two hours apart, two different conferences, they can't play, whatever. And so with Ohio high school football gets to play, Ohio State doesn't. They do not get to play, right. Um, geographically, it does not make a lot of sense. However, trying to contain it within their own protocols for their own conference rules does. Then the Big Ten kind of, for lack of a better term, shit the bed. Uh, in announcing their fall schedule, and then less than five days later, Haley, retracting that and saying we are going to cancel fall football the Pac-12 decided to buckle as well they are not going to be playing football and then it was basically left up to the ACC and the SEC looking at each other saying hey we would like to play with the Big 12 eventually succumbing I guess to that pressure just Actually, that want to I will say this was the first and only time I was thankful for the Big 12 you're welcome I even welcome. took to Twitter because I Tyler, for those listening, Tyler and I were discussing. We wanted to get our show started really in the middle of July. You know, do all the fun stuff, all the previews of the season coming up, talk about all the top players, but everything was shifting so much. We couldn't see a good timing to do this. That's why, you know, we're starting the show now yeah. because things actually kind of seem like they're happening. But in that moment, when the Big Ten and the Pac-12 decided to cancel their seasons, I was shit. I was sitting here just like, you've got to be shitting me. Is this, is this serious? Because I, and we can get into them if we want, but I had my opinions. And then the Big 12 finally did something right. They have been, you know, not the greatest, aside from realistically Oklahoma. Oh, you can do better than that. The, the island of Oklahoma. misfit toys. They're a joke conference. Yes. It's the Wild okay. West. Hey, hey, thank <laughs> That's you. That's my thank conference. You. Yes, yeah, you're right. Like, they're the Big 12 and they have 10 conferences. It doesn't even make sense. Like, do they not know how to count? But regardless, they finally stepped up and did the damn right thing. I tweeted, I said, this is the first time you will ever hear me do this. 
big 12, big 12, big 12. Last time I'm going to do that because they deserved it. They did the right thing. They allowed college football to continue to happen because we knew that we had the two opposite sides, as you said, ACC, SEC on one side, Big 10 and Pac-12 on the other. Big 12 was the pivotal conference, and thankfully they made the right decision. As of right now, disclaimer, another disclaimer, thankful for the Big 12 right now. We're going to have to wait and see. I think when we were talking about kind of like what was right, what was wrong, I think this year of COVID where there's been so many uncertainties, it is really about accountability and having a plan in place. And I think that is why there's so much vitriol towards the Big Ten and specifically Kevin Warren. There was a lack of visibility to with the Big Ten's decision that after they decided to cancel for fall uh, for the fall season, Kevin Warren kind of just ghosted everybody. There wasn't a really good line of communication and reason why they decided to do so. Some presidents reporting that it was a week before they heard back on this is why this happened. More things started coming out of the Big Ten. And when it went from that point on, Haley, you lost the PR battle. You were never going right. to win it back. Public perception was gone. And players started suing. Parents wanted to sue. And a group of Nebraska players decided to sue. And it was released that the Big Ten had a vote on what to do with the season, which was an 11-3 split with all the teams yes. in the Big Ten. But the three that we suppose voted for yes to have a season was Iowa, Nebraska, and Ohio State. Regardless of how it works out with the Big Ten, what I think you and I were both disappointed on is the backtracking on using the same information that everybody else was and not having a plan in place and just completely foregoing it. Like the Big Ten had COVID hit in March, people, or February, depending on where you really look. But March was when our nation started to shut down. They had so long to come up with a plan and instead they sat on their heels they stood in the corner and just watched things play out instead of coming up with actionable items to make a college football season happen but a lot of things went into that you know people were not following public health orders things across the country were the messaging was just different in every single state every place you looked even coming down to different counties the messaging was different around this virus and instead of coming together having strong leadership, the Big Ten was like, oh, guys, you know, this is just, this is just too hard. This decision is too hard. There's too many things that could go wrong. I don't think we can make a decision. I don't know what to do. Okay, let's cancel it. All in favor, say aye. Like, that's really how it felt, that they just couldn't come down to a plausible solution. And I'm sorry, but if you're a Big Ten fan, that is bullshit. These leaders should have been able to come up with some thing especially like there were stories out there about you know michigan having great numbers there's situations in place because i'm sorry i get the difference between college football and nfl i do you're dealing with 18 19 20 year old kids versus dealing with adult males that are getting paid to do that job right but the difference is we're in this place and as we said at the top of the show where college football players want to be treated like professionals, like young professionals. That starts with the accountability that you talked about, and that starts with leadership. So how do you be able to bridge the gap? Because right now, the NFL went from having over 60,000 tests with zero positives to this past week, 44,000 tests and one positive. I'm sorry, they're still going homes to their homes. They're still doing things one positive test out of all 32 NFL teams plus staff is phenomenal. So what, where is that shift in college football and why isn't it happening? And 
I'm sorry, but I just think the Big Ten could have done better and they just weren't. Well, I think it really exposed right there when we're talking, you said strong leadership. I think that right there is the tone for this season that we'll kind of get into later of what is the most important thing in college football. But when we talk about college football, it's a sprawling empire with different factions. There is no central leadership in college football. And that this summer got exposed at a massive level that the NCAA needs to go away. Um, For whatever your thoughts were on them before this year, I've never liked the NCAA. I know you and I both agree on that, that we think it's an organization that should not exist. It is outdated. And this year proved that that you had people across the country at different leadership positions that completely failed. As you mentioned, Haley, they had since the beginning of the year and they had a model in place in the NBA of how to quickly react to a situation, not overtly and, you know, screw things up, but put in a plan, put in protocols, put in a procedure for X, Y, Z, these things happen. We do that. And none of that happened. None of that happened. And you, and you still can't convince me because I know that there's going to be people that are going to say, well, they're not professional athletes. They're not getting paid. Well, do you realize how much money is going to go into having to do the testing and all of this? And I'm sorry, but you cannot convince me that some of these donors of these power five conferences that sit here and spend billions of dollars to make a locker room look shiny and fancy are not going to fork up some money to make sure that these athletes can be healthy. And if they aren't willing to do that, then that's a them problem because that is showing how much they actually do not care for these athletes. Well, that's a lot of people got exposed this year and they're going to continue yep. to be exposed Haley, by how we move forward. The one positives that we do know is that for the conferences moving forward right now, they do have protocols in place. And I think when the other thing to recognize here, folks, is that when we're talking about a lot of these schools that are going to be playing this fall that we're about to get into, we're talking about a lot of the blue bloods and we're talking about big time programs be a little bit more easy for them to handle this COVID situation. You know, the difference between an Alabama and an Alabama state is massive. Right. And there's going to be schools that are going to be able to handle this. And for the time being, it seems like that's going to be the case. Even like blue collar programs such as Stanford had to cancel 23 varsity program, programs. And more, more of that's going to happen, Haley, across right. the country. Um, and we'll keep talking about that. That's going to be a fluid conversation yeah. throughout the year. But let's get to the fun stuff, yeah? We can yeah. actually finally start talking about some real football and how it stands right now. So yep. we're going to dive into all of that um, by starting it off with, well, where do we start, Haley? Who the heck is playing? So for if you don't know, it's going to be the big three. Basically, it's going to be the ACC, the Big 12, and the SEC, as we've already mentioned, along with Conference USA, Sunbelt, and the American Athletic Conference. So all in all, you have six FBS programs are going to play this fall as of right now. And even as of right now, Haley, we've already had some postponements. So that's the big thing to know going forward is there are certain requirements that um, a team has to meet in order for them to play this fall or they have to uh, either have a no contest or the game is postponed or flat out canceled. We've already seen that happen a few times already. Uh, We were previewing SMU TCU on the phone last week and then boom, that game gets canceled because TCU has too high of numbers. This week, Oklahoma State. Yep. yep, uh, Oklahoma State and Tulsa had to be canceled. So that's going to continue. And here's the crazy thing about it, guys, is that that's going to happen for big games too. I'm talking Clemson at Notre Dame could be a possibility. Right. Alabama and, and Auburn, crazy to think about, but do those are think, all real possibilities. Do you think, though, that I can only imagine, like, I feel like as a player, 
that there should that they would create a different level of accountability. I think it's going to be an interesting storyline to keep track of because you know you could see how these kind of no offense to anyone, but these like just early bullshit games that you're just kind of going out there to see where your team stands and where you're at. But when the games start to matter and you know, it just means more. Um, <laughs> I had to plug that in there. <laughs> oh <my> um, God. <laughs> you know, <sighs> like when those games start to come down to the wire, how much more tightened up and buttoned up are we going to see these teams when it comes to COVID and when it comes to holding each other accountable? I think that's, I think it's going to be an interesting storyline to follow. I think that's, I think right there, we're going to come back to that a lot this year yeah. is accountability and strong leadership. And Haley, I think as we're about to preview some of these teams this year, the teams that have strong leadership and people who are accountable are going to succeed. That's just right. my belief this year is that those are the teams I put my faith in, as you said, to take it more seriously. I think we can all imagine that a team like an Alabama will take things very seriously. A team like Clemson will take things very seriously. So as we mentioned, we have six conferences that are going to play. Um, protocols are going to be different across the board for uh, each teams. And the big dates to know, folks, are later on during the year, if we even make it there, where the college football's first uh, college football playoff rankings are announced November 17th. Selection dates at the end of December on 20th. And then this is the sad part for me, Haley, is that the playoff, the first round of playoffs is January 1st, obviously, uh, Rose Bowl and Sugar Bowl with the national championship them being in Miami. And for somebody who's been to the Rose Bowl and Sugar Bowl a few times, it breaks my heart knowing that those can't live to their full potential this year because they are my two favorite bowls in the entire world. (laughs) I I think they'll live to their potential. I think there's going to be a way that as the season goes, it's going to feel more and more normal. We're going to have the teams that rise from the ashes, and then you're going to have your powerhouses that fall. It's just going to be the nature of the game. And I think we really see that even now looking at your current top 25. You know, you and I had the conversation because, okay, like why in the world would the AP (laughs) – it's just – it's funny to me. Like it still doesn't make sense in their decision to be like, hey, so we already know that the Big Ten is canceled, but we're just going to still put them in the rankings just so that way their fan bases can, you know, get that last taste this year of what could have been. And it's kind of like they just threw that dagger at them. But then you and I looked at it, and I mean – Sorry, AM. I don't think you're a top 10 team. Just going to say that right now, which you wouldn't be given all the teams playing, but with the state of how things are. But our top 25 doesn't look that bad still. It's not like there's a significant drop off after your top 15 teams, then the last 10 are like, okay, who the hell are these people? Like, we still have some good talent and good competition to look forward to. I completely agree. I mean, there's a lot of familiar faces at the top. And I know it was, I, I get why the AP did it to really like say like, we, we're sorry, basically Ohio State, that you don't get to play yeah. this year. I'm sorry, Justin Fields. Um, and this is why we did it. But yes, it's almost, it's almost worse. It's, it was just it's, so bizarre. It was like, why? Like everyone was trying to move on from the Big Ten's mistake. And AP was like, nope, you're not going to move on from this just quite yet. We're going to show you what could have been. It's like, like it's like a crazy ex-girlfriend or boyfriend doing something like that. It, it's right. Just, it's like, I'd rather you not. Just right. let me forget about you. So right. looking at that, Haley, as you kind of mentioned, the revised top 10, obviously yeah. uh, with the Pac-12 and the Big 10 not being a part of it, uh, you lose a few teams in the top 10. Um, so the top 10 now looks like this. Clemson, Alabama, one and two, no surprises there. 
right. Georgia, Oklahoma, LSU, Florida, Notre Dame, Auburn, and then Texas A&M in Texas. If you revise the With top With Texas 10. A&M <laughs> in front of Texas. Oh, so, what's the difference just, between nine and 10? Listen, both of them hey, are top 10 teams right now. We no, can both agree on that. Right. You're right. Um, now, the two biggest that really stick out to me right there are Clemson and Notre Dame because the ACC this year was able to strengthen their conference yeah. by adding Notre Dame. Before we get into that, just to kind of, I guess, like the AP poll, Let's just pay our homage to Ohio State. I think out of this year, the biggest loss to college football, no matter what you think or feel about the Buckeyes, college football suffers from this Ohio State team not being able to participate. The argument could be made, Haley, that Justin Fields is still the best quarterback in America, even though he is not playing. That offense was going to return some massive weapons. Ryan Day has that thing humming, and you would be – Haley, before Joe Burrow even walked off the field with the national championship last year, we had already put the Buckeyes in the playoffs with right. maybe Penn State contesting right. them in the Big Ten for their fourth straight title. Right. And and I think, you know, it, speaking of Joe Burrow, one of the things that – and thinking of guys like Justin Fields, you know, like Joe Burrow, I remember him making a powerful statement early when all these decisions started coming out saying, like, a guy like him had this happened a year ago – he probably would be looking for a job outside of football right now. Yeah, because he needed and, that year. Yeah, and that's and that's really the unfortunate reality that we are sitting in, you know? And so I give all my credit to the Big Ten and especially Ohio State fans. Like, I know that this time can't be easy, but I actually think what we could do, Tyler, is let's give them someone else to root for. I like that. We, I we, like that. We That's should scary. Pitch, we <laughs> should pitch just for the 2020 season. Big 10 fans, you're probably sitting at home like, what the hell am I going to do? Hey, this one season, jump ship. We'll pitch them to you. We will tell you the teams that we think best fit where you should jump ship to. Okay, I, I like that. Yeah. I like this yeah. curveball. Give you this, some hope. This scares me. Um, I'm just going to preface. <laughs> I would like not, I, you know, um, <laughs> Here, here's the thing where the show's name, you're doing a good thing right now because we're having a callback to the title like in a movie, like, oh my God, they said it. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't plan this. I like the team. We did not plan this. This is great. Uh, I like <laughs> the team Ohio State. I love the team Ohio State. I think it's yeah. awesome. The you part of that, the Ohio State fans, not so much. Not my favorite people in the world. So I would say I would pass on you guys coming down to Austin, Texas and rooting for the Longhorns. Go root for Aggie. That's fine with me. <laughs> Hey, our hundred and ten thousand dollars, our hundred and ten thousand person stadium. We can bring, we can squeeze some more in. We'll your take sta- you. Your stadium we'll is ya. cute. Yeah. Does Johnny have a permanent seat there? Or does he still have to pay a ticket it, to get? He in? actually does. It's it's um, enshrined in gold. There's even like butt cheek marks um, <laughs> just for him to fit. Yeah, that's how I, that goes. I and it's it's again. I I'm I don't like the Aggies. I love Johnny Manziel. I love certain <laughs> players from A and M. Um, but that's a good question. I think that could be a good fan question for you guys to let us know. Shoot us a text, a voicemail, email. Who should Ohio State root for this year? I like that a lot. That's, again, yeah. terrifying to imagine dotting the I and all those guys coming down. Um, but I like that. Um, so Hey, we got to give them something to root for. We got to give them something because it, it really is. It pains me as a college football fan that they will not play because how good that Clemson-Ohio State playoff game was, Haley. Yeah. That was the fact. Any of the year minus LSU – that was a de facto national championship game. I even think that that team could have been better than the 2015 that won the national championship with guys like Ezekiel Elliott. Like that's how good 
this team could have been. It, it was about to be a world beater. And it's, 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 it's such a shame that we don't get to see that. Now, we'll see how that pans out. Uh, we're very sorry, um, Ohio State. And without being too mean, Haley, I think we just have to throw the joke in there that because we're not really talking about the Pac-12, you guys weren't going to make it to the playoffs anyways. Yeah, sorry, Pac-12 fans. You know, props for thinking you might have had something this year, but you're still not. You're still a couple years away. So just take this opportunity to keep practicing and get better. <laughs> you said that. That's Oh, they hate you now. That's good. Well, you guys, I mean, you guys because, go hate Haley. Well, no, because the reality of it is, is like I still feel for these players because their coaching staffs and their teams are still making them work out as if the season is happening. So, Ugh, know. you know, on the positive note, maybe this is all going to be a really solid rebuilding year for both the Big Ten and the Pac-12, and they will come back next year with some resurgence. That's you, that. can, you can have that optimism. That's a nice yeah. thing to say, Haley. Thank, That's a very thank, nice thank thing you. to thank say. You. It's not true at all. It's not <laughs> true at all, but it's a nice thing to say. And I appreciate you saying it. Thank you for being nice. Yep. Let's get into this. Um, this weekend, real college football starts. What the big boys start to play. ACC is up first in the coming weeks. The Big Twelve uh, and SEC begin conference play. So, kind of teasing forward to future episodes, we're going to give you an ACC preview today. Going forward, we'll probably do Big Twelve next week, and yep. then we'll wrap up with the ACC to really dive in deep to those teams. Um, since the deck has been reshuffled, Haley, and just kind of looking at that top 10 as we did, we'll get into high-low cards, wild cards that we think could come out of that or outside of it. But as I mentioned before, Clemson and Notre Dame, I think it, it really needs to be discussed how big of a move that was for Notre Dame to play full ACC uh, conference schedule this year. It's not too surprising that they, they did it. They've been playing um, basically five games every year with the ACC since 2014, then signed a deal. Right. Uh, from 2026, I believe, to 2037 to play five ACC games. So they're basically halfway in, right? Right. Um, but adding into that is huge because, Haley, you know, as we look at the top 10, yes, it's all SEC. There's familiar faces in Oklahoma and in overrated Texas. But Clemson's always been alone there at the top of the ACC. But this right. year, you think there could be way more strength in it. Yeah, I definitely think from even North Carolina, I think they're a sneaky sleeper. That is going to be a very, very fun team to watch on offense. I think you're going to actually see a lot of numbers in that conference. Again, teams like Pitt. Pitt's defense is going to be one of the best defenses in the ACC period. But speaking strictly on Notre Dame, going back, you know, we keep circling back to that word of accountability and strong leadership. And that also comes down to the level of playing on the field because Notre Dame has a lot of players returning. And not only that, one of the strengths that's going to be coming out of this season, in my opinion, is going to be the teams that are the most consistent. Yep. And Notre Dame is just going to be one of those teams. They're going to be that kid that always has a fight. And I think that they're going to be the ones that are going to come swinging big time for Clemson to knock them out of that spot. Do I think it's going to happen? No, because I think Clemson has too sturdy of a foundation and too great of a leader in Trevor Lawrence for them to be shaken. I completely agree. Um, I, I think when you look at, at Clemson, when it's all said and done, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne might be one of the best duos in college football history right. if they're able to go win another national championship this year in the year of COVID. I mean, they, um, they both came back for a reason. They have unfinished they business. Etienne was – it was – kind of a shocker for him to come back. I mean, he is an, yeah. he is a do it all, all purpose back. Having him back is completely unfair to those. And, in the ACC. Well, and not even him coming back, but him staying committed to playing this season. Yeah, absolutely. When he, we, he had the opportunity, like a lot of other big stars to opt out. 
um, which is basically everybody in LSU. We'll get to that later. But Clemson, as you said, I mean, pound for pound, Haley, they're one of the most talented teams in the country. They replaced. There's just nothing but blue chip after blue chip. I think the one thing to look at, though, is Justin Ross. Losing him to that spinal injury was a big deal. You expect Amari Rogers to kind of pick up that slack. But I have faith, as you said, like, yeah. I have faith they're in Dabo just, and Clemson to put something on the field yeah, that nobody else can contend with. They're just they're just so balanced. Yeah. And I know like we'll get to this and in two weeks we're gonna do our SEC deep dive, but I don't think that Alabama is as strong. I just don't. I think that you're gonna see a weaker Alabama team this year. I am so low on LSU, it's not even funny. So and then even given everything of players sit outs at Georgia, like Clemson is just top dog this year, and that's something yeah. that everyone's going to have to swallow. So, you know, maybe maybe circling back, Ohio State, maybe think about backing Clemson. I mean, they beat you. So <laughs> yeah. why not just root for the better team just this season? It can be like y'all's way of being like, that should be us, and that's how you can validate rooting for Clemson. You can take all yeah. your Ohio State fandom and just – Beat it into Clemson. That could they, be that could be a very possible. They situation. they might like that. I like that because I mean they could say like, look, we almost beat Clemson last year. Right, we probably exactly. should have. We could have beat this team. Possibly. Yeah. If you can't um, beat them, join them. Right. So the fun thing with the ACC <laughs> is like a lot of those uh, big games are going to happen later on in the year. And yep. going back to Notre Dame. Um, I think one of the bigger things right there that you mentioned is that how consistent they are, and you know what they have. They return an offensive line that legit might have three guys play on Sunday. I mean, they, that, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like they're again, like just that consistency with Notre Dame. Like they have good guys coming back. Ian book coming back is a huge yep. help. Um, you know, they lost offensive weapons uh, and, and chase Claypool uh, and um, who's their tight end. Oh goodness. Uh, yeah. The, uh, uh, Cole Komet, Cole Komet, there we go. Yep. Uh, who both went on to go get drafted. But I, I think, you know, they have a stable of running backs and again, having an offensive line, that is that proven and that good, you are going to get work done. And so we're going to see when it comes to it. The biggest game, obviously, in the ACC, just looking at it right now, Clemson goes to South Bend. And because it's later, Haley, there might be more people in the stands or might be no people in the stands. Right. It's hard to say. I have no idea. Um, but that's definitely a win for Notre Dame. But I want to give props, too, to what you said. I'm so glad you're high in North Carolina because my boy – well, he's not really my boy. I'm kind of glad he left. But Mac Brown, (laughs) Mac Daddy's back. The turn of the Mac. Listen, he's got that thing cooking over yeah. there at Chapel Hill. I, Shooting I classes can... are, are, are top 10. He flips Sam Howell from Florida yep. State. Sam Howell just goes ahead and breaks the FBS record for a true freshman. I know Johnny and Jameis right. were, had more touchdowns, but 38 right. in one season. And I think last year, Haley, two calls stick out to me in my mind that really helped define last year's college football season. Yep. One was third and 17 LSU, Texas, when LSU put him away. Coach yeah. O thought it was so important. He mentioned it during the national championship speech after the game. And then number two was North Carolina going for gold, trying to beat Clemson at home, falling yeah. short. But that was the best fourth down call of the year last year. 100%. And I think even as an Aggie who I got to watch firsthand, a lot of Mac Brown coaching in my time growing up and a lot of tears were shed because of that man. But with that, I still can give credit where credit is due. And he is one hell of a football coach. And he, again, is a strong leader. Just beating this – wow, just beating this horse today. Uh, no, uh, because it's like, worth mentioning. Yeah, is. like he is such a leader in the fact that his players will rally behind him and his vision. And 
what he wants to see that program be and become. I think this season is that turning point season where, again, disclaimer, who gives a shit that COVID, well, okay, I give a shit that COVID is happening. But I mean, from like, take that away, that's not going to deter this North Carolina team from being what it can become and it being the turning point towards an upward trajectory in the years to come. I think this is going to be that season that you see North Carolina step out and make their stance and say, we're here to stay. North Carolina, Mac Brown, he reminds me of uh, the bride in Kill Bill. And then Texas fans, <laughs> not see that movie. Texas fans, spoiler alert, she kills them all. Saying like, we deserve to die. Like, you son of a bitch. You, <sighs> you did it, didn't you? You would go back to North Carolina and crush it. Right, uh, right. But I think North Carolina guys too, here's the other big thing, Haley. I know you've looked at the schedule. They do not play Clemson in the regular season. They only play Notre Dame. So that means that North right. Carolina could play, they could be the ultimate spoiler this year in college football. Yeah. By either beating Notre Dame and potentially going to the ACC championship and beating Clemson, which is insane to think about, but they do have the opportunity. They're not afraid to run with the big boys. And I I mean, I mean, a guy like I just think about Mac Brown is just he also is just the cutest man on the planet. Last year, (laughs) him, he's got you sold too. He's got you sold. Oh, Oh. his it it was just great just seeing how much he cares about those players. Like that's why that's why I love college football though is because there's so much heart behind this game and you see it and every single Saturday you see it players leaving it all out there and it's just great to see a coach do the same yes it Mac Brown is a very nice man he's, <laughs> he's a very nice man I like Mac Brown I'm happy for them and just kind of like wrapping up uh the ACC yep. I mean obviously those are the three teams we think uh are going to be in the mix for right. I mean if we're looking at it kind of how we called it Clemson Notre Dame North Carolina, and that's how you know most of the media members in the ACC voted as well. I think yep. other teams worth mentioning. Uh, look, I look at Florida State and think they're so far away, Haley, from getting back to what they need to be. Yeah. Not because of a lack of talent, but it's I got to see better coaching. What okay. happened this summer without going, you know, too far back? Mike Norvell kind of messed up during the whole Black Lives Matter thing, saying something that he didn't he didn't actually say yep. to his players. You have Marvin uh, Wilson on that team, and that's it. That offensive right. line. Pro football focus ranked that offensive line. Hold on. I'm going to look at my notes because I realized I was shocked. They ranked them 129 out of, let's see, 130. That's not right. good. That's pathetic for Florida State. And then, listen, as you mentioned with Notre Dame and strengths of other teams that we see year in and year out, your offensive line play has to be sell or Florida State's a ways. Yeah, I am a, I'm the biggest advocate for the importance of offensive line. It's one of those positions that gets so overlooked by the average fan, but that's really what it comes down to. If you have a stellar offensive line, that's going to make or break your team in your season. You win and lose in the trenches, bottom Absolutely. line. Absolutely, yep. That's and I think, that's, I, and I think that that's why um, Florida State, I agree with you, is just still just a step behind. It's going to be – they cannot contend with uh, the likes of Clemson and, and Notre Dame this year. At least the two when it comes – yeah. The two teams I want to quickly touch on also and just give them some honorable mention here is, for me, Georgia Tech. I feel like they're always an outlier. I feel like you never know. They can – they're one of those teams that whenever they step on the field, like unless you are fully prepared for them, you just don't know what you're going to get and how your team's going to handle playing a team like Georgia Tech. And then the other team that's always – overrated and I want to get your thoughts on is Miami look I think De'Ara King obviously that's a big storyline with him going there but until I see some proof in the pudding um I don't even know if they're worth mentioning yet because with all due respect and I'm I'm gonna try not I mean I feel like I feel like you have to 
get you just I feel like when you talk about the ACC and college football in general regardless Miami to me is in that same vein of Texas you can't talk about college football without bringing them up you can't and but they're also one of those frustrating programs where it's like until you actually show me show me you're for real for real right. I just I'm, I'm not going to really talk about you I mean it's a huge transfer I feel uh I don't want to say I feel too bad maybe a little bad for Tanathan uh who <laughs> that's not funny it's not He's transferred everywhere, but listen, it, it could be karma, it could be not, I don't know, but he, he, he did not win the starting job at Miami after transferring from A&M to Ohio State and then to Miami. Right. Did he enter, I, the, enter the transfer portal? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know how he's been able to do all of that, but, you know, just wrapping up uh, the ACC still, I will, I think we'll be able to get a good flavor of where Miami is at playing UAB this weekend. You would think that they should take that one pretty handedly. But thank um, yeah, exactly. You would think, but um, those early games, you just, you never know. Um, so it's going to, I think I'm going to keep a close eye on that game. And then additionally, you know, talking about North Carolina as highly as we have, like they're playing Syracuse, who Syracuse is a team that has a lot of talent coming back. Again, a strong O-line coming back to help that offense. So, I mean, you never know if there's a time for North Carolina to start off slow, it would be this weekend against Syracuse. Well, this is the same team last year that was wildly inconsistent in the ACC. Right. I mean, they lost to App State, turn around, somehow <laughs> almost beat the greatest team in the country. Yeah. Um, this was a team that was very up and down, had some crazy overtime games. Uh, there, you have to be more consistent if you want to be a right. champion, because as you mentioned before, that's what gets you championships. Right. Um, so yeah, ACC play begins uh, when this show's released tomorrow, which is exciting. Yeah. Um, so moving in kind of into the into the meat and potatoes of this all, looking at the uh, at the top 10, Haley, we know the SEC is going to throw some teams in there. Maybe OU comes yeah. back. But um, as I said, we reshuffled the deck. So let's pick cards. Uh, let's start with some teams you're high on. If you had to pick a few teams that you are high on, uh, I'll give you mine, you give me yours, and then uh, let's see if we don't agree on any of these. Right. Ladies right. first, please. All right. So I think we will agree on this one. The team that I am high on is Oklahoma. Uh, <laughs> we what, we do not agree on that, but you go ahead and you spit. You sp <laughs> I know I was waiting for your fire, reaction. Girl. I was waiting for your reaction. I I am an Oklahoma stan, and I That's, think ugh, I think why? it's because okay, Oklahoma has just been my team in the Big Twelve. They have been. I have been a fan of them the past couple of years. I personally was friends with Kyler Murray. So of course I had to root for them last year. Again, he was at AM. I was, was in the recruiting. That was great. Right. Yeah. Well, sorry. <laughs> I, that, that was my biggest reason why I supported Oklahoma. And then a little piece of me is like, this is very random in my fandom for them, but I was at the, what was it? 66 to nothing game against AM growing up. No, no, and no, no. That was or was it 97? Oh, 77. I knew it was double digit numbers, whatever. At oh, one that point, was a bad year. One point it was bad. Yeah. So I was <laughs> yeah. at that game. I think I was, I mean, I was young. So, it, but still Oklahoma just always left an, a print in my mind ever since then. And just growing up watching them. And people always told me that if I would have chosen a big 12 school, they could have seen me going to Oklahoma. So I've just had like a fond memory of them. All right. So you, you can have all that, but I want facts. I want stats on why you are high on Oklahoma specifically. I believe in Lincoln Riley. I know you don't. I know that you have thoughts on him. I have which thoughts. Is fine because you're a longhorn. But I do think that Lincoln Riley has done a great job in getting that program into shape. You cannot tell me 
that having three seasons in a row with a new quarterback that that doesn't attribute to somewhat in your coaching going from Baker to Kyler to Jalen Hurts, having three star quarterbacks, three quarterbacks, two win the Heisman, a third, make it to the Heisman ceremony. That has a lot to do with coaching and the system you have in place and the vision that you have at Oklahoma. So I do yeah. not see a team like them in this year. Yes. Spencer Rattler got the nod for being their starting quarterback and being a freshman, we're going to see what he can do, but in a year that college football and the landscape of it is just so unpredictable, I don't see a team like Oklahoma dropping off, and that's why I'm high on them. I'm high on them because of their consistency value. I would agree with you on almost all of those points, except I see a crack in the foundation. I believe in Lincoln Riley. I think he is a tremendous coach. However, I think that this year is his toughest coaching assignment yet. Because yeah. yes, he did inherit those quarterbacks. But those quarterbacks are wildly different, not only just in right. talent, but in pedigree than a Spencer Rattler. And, and not to say that Spencer won't be that guy because we've already kind of anointed him that he's going to go up to New York. He'll win the Heisman. But he yeah. is different from all of those guys that preceded him that came from yeah. multiple systems, had to go through the ringer, came in. Majority of them had chips on their shoulder. He's, big time. Big and like, time. And, I, and I see that, but where you see them as getting exposed, I see them as shining because I, I do think that he has been able – because while – Baker, Kyler, and Jalen's chips were all in the same vein. I think Spencer's chip comes from the pressure of this place that Oklahoma has put themselves. That's, and it's that's specifically see, yeah. right there. It's not about Spencer. It's about what is around Spencer, or therefore yep. a lack of. So here's the big thing I worry about with it's Oklahoma, fair. Spencer Rattler, and that the other quarterbacks that, that preceded him had are safety blankets. And the problem with Spencer right. is that this team is hobbled in a few ways with some big injuries and more importantly, suspensions. So when right. we talk about things for a young quarterback to rely on, one, he still has one of the best offensive lines in the country. That's Facts. a huge help. Yep. He does not have the weapons that those guys that preceded him had. Specifically, when we're looking at the running back group, you have yep. Trey Sermon that transferred to Ohio State. So he's not even playing. Kennedy Brooks, who kind of ran him out of town, opted out. Ramondre Stevenson is serving a four-game suspension, along with Ronnie Perkins, who's on the defensive line, you're All-American, and along with Trajan Bridges, your wide receiver. All four of those are all uh, – I believe that's – yeah, four of those guys. Did I miss a person? I don't think so. Yeah, I did. Jalen Redmond, he also opted out. He was also on the defensive line. So, oh, oh, you're talking about players opting yeah, out. Oh, sorry. Just as everybody about. kind of being gone, right. those guys are suspended through the Texas game. So you have Spencer Rattler, who needs some help, who has no running backs, lost one of his best wide receivers. The defense, which we already know, even though they did pick it up last year, is still a struggle. I do not feel optimistic starting off for Spencer that this is an OU team that can just pick up and run. I think Spencer might be on an island, and that's difficult when it's a shortened season and you are missing people that you really need. So that is why I'm not as high on Oklahoma. Now, Haley, am I going to be shocked if they just run away with this thing? Absolutely not. No. Yeah. And, and, and again, like I'm just high on them, like I said, because of their consistency, because of their accountability. And the only area that I will say that does make me nervous, and you brought it up, is Kennedy Brooks. I think he was yep. an integral part of that. And I think him opting yep. out was a huge blow to their team. But I do think that Oklahoma has been able to do – good enough in recruiting and has been strong enough in recruiting that I think we could see some playmakers really emerge this season that we didn't expect to from their team. Completely agree. We'll see what OU does, uh, but I'm not as right. high on them uh, right now. One team I am high on, 
uh, is the Florida Gators. I'm big on the Florida Gators this year, uh, having a big year in the SEC East. And it goes back to it, being it with the dead horse, strong leadership. When you look at the SEC, Haley, and we're obviously going to do a deeper dive, an argument can be made that Kyle Trask is the best quarterback right now in the SEC as far as returning quarterbacks. And I love this kid who he didn't play. The story in him is awesome. He didn't play after his freshman year. He didn't start because his teammate was Deion uh, King, who's now at Miami. So this guy comes in from Felipe Franks, looks around, is like, this is dope. Let's play football. And they go 11-2. and That just doesn't happen. So I'm big on Kyle Trask and the Gators because that defense, while losing a few pieces on uh, on that side, is still going to be super fast, super talented. I like a Florida Gator team more than I do a Georgia Bulldog team coming out of the SEC East and winning that division. I can agree with you on that point. I just – for me, consistency is key, and we have not seen a consistent Florida team in the years. They choke in the big moments, and they just haven't been able to make that leap of being great. They've been a very good team at moments, but they have not been great, and that's what keeps me from being high on them this year. Did you, did you watch Kyle Trask play? He never got it. He was never emotional. He never sweated. <laughs> Ice in his veins. He just didn't care that he was playing in the SEC. Oh, I haven't played football in five years. Whatever. The one thing that they do have going for them is a very weak SEC East this year. I they will do. say that. That is, it, what, that is for sure what they have going for them. And I could even go a step further in saying it could potentially be a down year for the SEC West as well. So if there is an opportunity for an SEC team to come and capitalize and take over the conference this year, the opportunity lies best with Florida. All right. Um, I'm going to give you one more team that I'm high on. I think I might save my Texas Longhorn optimism. I was like, well, when we're talking about consistency and leadership, love him or hate him. He's probably the most polarizing player in college football. Sam Ellinger is the man in my opinion. I know that you I think guys I threw might up differ. in my mouth a little. I don't care. I don't care. You Doesn't cannot matter. tell me he's one of the most polarizing players when you have Haley. A, I just no. When you have college football nope, with nope, Trevor Lawrence nope. and with okay, we're getting into it later. Okay. It's Big Twelve. It's All not right. Big Twelve right. week, next Haley. Week, people, it's, it's next not week. Big Twelve. It's next it's week. Next it's week. Big Twelve. We'll week. see what he can do against UTEP, and then maybe I'll shut up. We got man, Vegas trying to make us lose already. I think we're like a forty-two uh, and a half point favorite. Like that's a lot of freaking points. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Whatever. Anyways, uh, we'll, we'll talk see. about that later. But the other team that yep, I'm high we'll on, because I know you and I kind of disagree on this, and I heard you mention it earlier in the show, I'm high on an Alabama. Because when we, we talk about that leadership, I don't know if there is a, another coach or possibly human being in America that I trust more than Nick Saban as an individual getting individuals to do something other than football. <laughs> I trust him no, more yeah. than anybody to have a person prepared <laughs> for life. That and was this such a vague statement. Well, but I mean, would you not okay. trust Nick Saban to do pretty much get you ready no. to do anything? I mean, the, absolutely. I, but yeah. I do think, unfortunately, that we are seeing the Nick Saban era start to come to an end. Oh, and you're, I like, don't a, you're think... like a New England Pats fan every year. Brady's <laughs> done. Belichick's done. Hold on. Before hey, you that there, came to an end. I, I just want to ask you questions. Nick Saban, after losing Dylan Moses last year, in the middle of that defense was huge, getting him back on defense. You return uh, Najee Harris, one of the most reliable running backs in the country. You got Jalen Waddle. You got Devontae Smith. And Alabama might be one of the only programs in the world that doesn't rely, doesn't need. I know they want and have, but doesn't need a superstar quarterback to get them to the championship game. I feel comfortable with Mac Jones. I think that will be Bryce Young's job eventually, right? But why do you, why are you not high on them? 
How do you not see it the way I do? I, I, it's mostly, it's just kind of a gut feeling. I've had this feeling a little bit. I think Alabama has not had the same pep in their step dominance that they have had in preceding seasons. I think that last year and even the year prior, they have gone through a lot of unbalance, which in this situation could make them a stronger team. But I do think they have weapons. I do think they have stars. I just feel like there's something missing from that team that as a collective is going to bring them together. Whether Dylan Moses can do it or not, I just think that they are missing that pinnacle piece that we've seen be the Alabama football team in the past seasons. And that is what's missing. And I think that is what's going to hurt this team. We'll see. I'm glad yeah. we disagree. I'm glad we're not like the show hosts that agree on everything. Uh, when it comes to wild cards, though, we do agree on North Carolina, obviously. That and hold on, that hold team. on, hold on. I got to say my disclaimer with Alabama. This might come from internal feelings of trying to have optimism and tell myself that this will be a down year for Alabama. That's a very real possibility here now because this is the only time of the entire season that I can sit here and say slash want for a down year of Alabama. Just got to throw that disclaimer out there that that might be, it might be my subconscious just talking out of my ass a little bit. Folks, do you hear that? She's becoming <laughs> self-aware. She's, she, she understands <laughs> what it is. <laughs> it's denial. <laughs> um, we'll see. I mean, again, anything can happen this year. Yes. Yeah, so North Carolina wild card. I don't know if you have any more Haley, but you know, a team in case you guys didn't notice that little helmet behind me, I have no idea what the Auburn Tigers are going to do this year. In my opinion, Auburn is the Charlie Day of college football, the ultimate wild card. You have no idea what that team is going to do. And if you take That's... last year as an example, they knocked the Pac-12 champs out in the first game of the season last few seconds. They struggle with Tulane. Somehow they play their best game against LSU and they'll only lose by three. Then go beat Alabama, put up 48 with some clock trickery, and then go get boat road by Minnesota in the Outback Bowl. You don't know. If they're Tigers or you Eagles, what are you? I have no idea. Right. All I know is that you scare me and you could do anything. You could go six and six or you could win the whole thing. Yeah, Auburn, I will agree with you. I think for me, like how you mentioned North Carolina is a wild card for a good reason because <laughs> they're like, I guess maybe not even necessarily wild card. We can call them a dark horse, whereas Auburn is a wild card and okay. you do not know what you're going to get from that team week to week. Bo Nix, I think, only threw over 200 yards like three or four times. Yeah. And he's going to – I mean, he's going to be another kid that – when is the pressure going to sit in and is he going to let it simmer and he's going to rise above that pressure or is he going to fold in this season? I think it's going to be the season that exposes that. I, 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 I agree and I disagree. I only thing I know about Bo Nix is that he's a quarterback – and I don't know if he's good or bad. And I don't yeah. think there's anybody out there that can tell me if he's either. Right. Because there's, I mean, there's just, no a lot of, there's just a lot more prestige that comes by from his name. And so he's one of those kids that comes in with a name, with expectations. Yeah. He gives me a lot of, trying to relate this to a and a little bit, he gives me a lot of Kyle Allen vibes. Okay. I don't even know if you remember Kyle Allen. Oh, no, no. I had to go back. I, I was going back in my mind from all the – you know, five-star top-rated quarterbacks that Kevin someone somehow managed <laughs> to screw up and all of them transferred. Fair, yes, fair, I believe fair, he, fair, fair, I believe fair, he was fair. one I of those it. guys. I worked for the football program in the 2014 through 17 season or 16 season. We had six quarterbacks in three years. Mm -hmm. I get it. I get it. I hear you. I yeah. lived it. I will tell you, though, as I will give you a gift before we get out of here, because I think we need to probably wrap up yep. uh, and, and, and get, to the, get to the weekend. But I will, I'll give you, uh, this is an olive branch. 
Okay. You're, you're already talking crap about my boy who I love. I like Kellen Mond. I like him as a person. I think that he's a good quarterback that could be better. I think he needs some help, but I think he's okay. I don't think he's I that think, great, but I think I he's think, good. I think you just spoke my mind. See, there we go. We See, we, we can get yeah. along on the show. We can agree. I mean, he's no Sam Ellinger. He's never won a sugar bowl. So anyways, we're going to wrap up the show with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Before we get out of here, though, we got to give people uh, our quick hits. Uh, who do you have going to the playoffs? Give me your four teams. And then who do you have winning the Heisman? You go first. Goodness. I got to reevaluate after our conversation. So go. Uh, I'm going to pick Alabama and Clemson as my one and two seeds or two and one seeds. Doesn't really matter. I, I, I think we're going to get round five or six or whatever it is. And I'm sticking with my high team. I'm sticking with a second team coming out of the SEC. And I'm going to pick that team to be Florida. So I have them. And then I know I said I was down on Oklahoma. But yeah, Haley, I'm not betting against them not winning the Big 12. So I have Alabama, Clemson, Florida, and Oklahoma in some order. With where, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence winning the Heisman. Where I differentiate, I have Clemson in agreement with you. I also have Oklahoma in there. I have Notre Dame and I have Florida. I think this is the year that we do not have two SEC teams. In. So you, you think the strength that the ACC is going to put either, is that I one think, loss Clemson, I one loss Notre Dame? One loss Notre Dame. One I loss think, Notre Dame. I think the ACC is top heavy where this is a year that the SEC is more fluid. Okay. I like those picks. Those are, yeah. that would be, that oh, would, and that then would be my good. Heisman, that. Yeah. My Heisman. Ooh. It's going to be Trevor Lawrence, let's be honest, unless something drastic happens, which knock on wood, it won't. But it's going to be Trevor. I think maybe we might get a two-tiger, um, or Clemson tiger, I should say, up yeah. there. And I think Travis um, Etienne might give him a run for his money and make it to New York with him. I like how you say Etienne, like they actually would down in Louisiana. <laughs> I think we've been pronouncing it wrong the whole way, but I go with ETN. doesn't matter. Um, I also, I do think that with Alabama, that with that quarterback situation, that Najee Harris could be a guy they really lean on and he could be yeah. Derrick Henry, Mark Ingram and get some big gaudy numbers. I mean, so. He is a big back. He's a big boy. I can move too. Yes. You see him yeah. jumping over South Carolina, like two right. dudes. Oh my gosh. I was watching highlights yesterday. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, all right. Haley, I think that's it for our first show. Not I think it bad, is. Yeah? I think it is. I, I got excited. I hope that everyone listening got equally as excited with this because there is a lot of star power still in the college football world. And there's a lot to still get excited about, hope for, wish for. And we're here to talk about it all. Yeah, we are. And we're going to dive into more of it next week when we preview yep. the Big 12 and then eventually the SEC, which starts play uh, conference play later in September. And again, so we have some homework for you guys. Haley brought up the great point. Who the heck should Ohio State root for this year? And uh, give us your picks for this year. Give us your playoff picks. Who are you guys high on? Who are you low on? And remember, yep. you can leave us a voicemail, text, email. You want to send a letter. You can do it all. We have all that information in the show links below. And, guys, we cannot wait to be uh, uh, get this started and have you be a part of it. And, Haley, not too bad. We didn't kill each other this first episode. We didn't. I was kind of nervous because Tyler and I have had some very heated discussions leading up to this, but we handled ourselves well. We did. We did. We got there. But, I mean, what would you expect from an Aggie and a Longhorn? We're not going to play nice the whole time. I mean, This it's is the, fair. This is the Cold War. This could blow up. <laughs> I have no idea. And, Haley, before we get out of here, with the, the amount of teams playing and the conferences that do, the odds of Texas and Texas A&M playing are kind of high this year. That can I, happen. 
I'm so out on that happening. It's not even funny. Well, it depends. If you guys suck, I'm all in. If we're good, then I want to play you guys. But if we suck, I don't want to play. No, we're good. Fair, fair. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, just really quick, if you want to talk to me about anything, anything I said, you have opinions on, I'm here for it. I love a good education and, you know, just to talk about things, you can follow me on Twitter at Haley1Graves2. No, the 12 in there is not for A&M. It's just literally Haley is my first name. Graves is my last name, one, two. Uh, and then on Instagram, Haley Graves is two S's. That's H-A-L-E-Y-G-R-A-V-E-S-S. That's good to throw out. I'm I'm the Tyler Co. or I'm Tyler Co. and the Tyler <laughs> Co. are two of my social. It's one of the others for Instagram and Twitter. It doesn't matter. Go follow me, whatever. Uh, all right, guys. Enjoy college football this weekend. I know we will, and we yep. will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.